0: Welcome to the Atlanta Foodcast, stories from the people who are making Atlanta the greatest city for eaters. I'm your host, Ben Goetz. Everyone, all of us together now, hell yeah. It's the only thing that I can think to say to kick off this episode properly, and perhaps not the type of chant that you'd think when it comes to talking about gluten-free baking. But Alejandro Luases, founder of Hell Yeah Gluten-Free!, will turn around every idea you have ever formulated about gluten-free baked goods, complete 180 degrees. And cakes, donuts, biscuits, pop-tarts, cupcakes, breads, pies, scones, cookies, I could go on. But Alejandra and her team are making things that are completely devoid of gluten, and they're even better than their gluten-laden counterparts throughout the culinary world. And her pastries are absolutely beautiful. Seriously, just go follow her on Instagram and look at the cakes. Her story is absolutely wonderful and totally inspiring, and you're going to love every bit of it. So welcome to the Atlanta Foodcast, Alejandra Luases, founder of Hell Yeah Gluten Free. Here we go. This is really great. I'm, I'm going to introduce you now. Okay. So now we're going to get around to that. Since oh, we've been recording now for about a minute and 55 <laughs> seconds. That's fine. I, I have a tendency to talk a lot. Two
1: minutes well spent. Yeah,
0: it is a podcast yeah. after all. Talking. But you're like, when is this guy going to shut his stupid mouth? No, no. <laughs> no, no. Okay. So I'm not going to botch your last name. So I'm going to do the polite thing. Okay. How do you pronounce your last name?
1: It's Luasis. Luasis. Yeah. So It's hyphenated. <laughs> Typical Hispanic.
0: Let's just go with Alejandra. Alejandra. So Alejandra of Hell Yeah Gluten Free, welcome to the Atlanta Food Cast. Thank you. How in the hell are you doing? um see what i did there good answer oh i get it fucking horrible (laughs) gosh i'm so sorry it's okay you're a dad (laughs) (laughs) i know i i realize that almost every day that i am not cool or funny anymore so yeah i'm living with it yeah you and me both yeah (laughs) so you um you look like you have the wear of a small business owner on you right now
1: yeah and only 10 months in yeah (laughs) hey baby (laughs) it's good i don't i don't manage stress (laughs) very well
0: well, you manage baking very well, well and I, uh, I'm, I'm actually really excited to dive into that box and I don't know how much of it's actually going to make it into, to my stomach rather than just my children, but yeah. we'll see. So well. it's, it's exciting to have some goodies. So thank you. I, I hope appreciate you
1: at it. least take one bite in front of me. I oh, I would love that. to.
0: Okay, no, I, I'm going to let you direct me. Okay, good. I just don't do that on, on like recording.
1: Well, the mouth noises. Yeah.
0: So did you ever listen to the splendid table?
1: Um, Yes. So
0: whenever they would do that on the show and you can just hear them like smacking and they're like, "Like, you can, (laughs) you can really taste the ramps in this. Like, I don't want to hear you eating soup. Yeah. I don't want to hear
1: you tasting ramps. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah. That's going to be a show that I create next time. It's just going to be 30 minutes of people eating. Uh, that's it well so.
1: some people would pay lots of money for that so
0: <laughs> that's great because no one's paying money for the Atlanta food cast just well, yet, So that's okay <laughs> it's all aspirational um so I want to get to know you a little bit uh-huh. I want to dive into a little bit of your background and you get to tell me about yourself okay. so you get the first question that every single guest receives I've practiced on it. this show this is great I know that you've <laughs> listened to the show so tell me who cooked for you growing up and what kind of cook was he or she
1: I was thinking about this last night, and I'm like, shit, what am I going to say? What's my I, mom's name? I don't remember. Well, I didn't grow up with my parents. I grew up with my grandmother. Oh, really? But she wasn't an extraordinary cook. She would eat things like chip, like Stouffer's chipped beef, which I still kind of don't know what that is. It's like these weird meat flakes that are in this white gravy. I mean, <laughs> is she it actually make, beef? <laughs> I don't know. So <laughs> she would make weird things like that, and um, d- like baked salmon, nothing extraordinary. But I do remember... That we're Hispanic, so there were weekly dinners that we would do together, and we would do like tortilla de patata, which is like a, a Spanish omelet basically filled with potato, I love carbs. Uh, and we would do like clam pastas, just regional you know things that my family would eat. Um, but i don't I don't really remember any one person cooking for me. It was just kind of like this person was really good, but I would only enjoy their food you know once a year when I would stay with them for summer or you know, kind of here and there. Am I doing okay?
0: You're doing great. Okay. Ugh. I'm going to let you continue now.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, but I couldn't remember any one person. Just my grandmother, and it was just kind of random stuff. But I do remember that I started cooking for myself very early. Probably because she wasn't that good. Sorry, Grandma.
0: <laughs> we love you still. <laughs> what, what did you like to eat when you were a kid?
1: Um. Well, uh, awful stuff. Stuff that was really bad for me. I loved Eggos. did we all? <laughs> I loved Eggos. I loved... Um, yeah, just bread being like a of European descent. We ate a lot of bread and a lot of pasta and most of the time we'd eat it together. So it was just like, yeah, lots of bread and lots of butter and lots of pasta and lots of cream. Um, so yeah, just stuff like that. Very carb heavy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What's bread made out of? Oh, it's made out of flour. Oh yeah. What's pasta made out of? Oh, it's made out of semolina, yes. which is actually flour. Yes. So that's yeah, really interesting. Plan. I was yeah.
1: sick most of my childhood <laughs> because of that. I Uh, always had like weird respiratory illnesses and weird stuff and weird gastro issues. And people would, you know, like I went to doctors all the time and they were just kind of like, well, I don't know. IBS. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like, (laughs) yeah. And then I stopped eating it and then I was just miraculously way better. Man. Yeah. Where was home? Um, home, (laughs) That's another weird answer. Home was not really anywhere. Okay. I mean, I'm from Miami originally, but moved away from there really early when I was probably six. And then I lived in Sarasota, Florida, big city of Sarasota. Huge city. Oh, yeah. For a long time. Heard of it. um, Through high school, which it's a really boring uh, place to live when you're in high school.
0: I was going to say, for a youngster, Sarasota is not exactly what we would call a happening place.
1: Yeah, it was pretty tough and boring, but we would spend a lot of time on the beach just kind of skipping class, hanging out, yeah. smoking weed, <laughs> <laughs> all that. I don't do that anymore, but <laughs> yeah, those were, those were the days. I
0: thought you were going to say like a, a parent joke of like, I still smoke weed, but I don't hang out on the beach. That'd be funny. Oh, sorry. That'd I'm be a joke very
1: that,
0: funny. Uh, I, anyway, yeah. You're the
1: dad. That's your specialty. Humor is something that I'm still <laughs> trying to build up
0: to here on the podcast, but um, I actually grew up in central Florida. I don't know if I told you that. Fabulous. I grew Where? up in Orlando. Oh, yeah. lovely. The uh, city
1: of parking lots.
0: <laughs> oh, is it?
1: <laughs> I mean, I guess. I don't know. I always think of like Disney World, which is one huge parking lot. Yeah.
0: I. <laughs> I mean, we've been back, you know, several times uh, just over the past couple of years. And like, it's just very different now. Yeah. I don't miss it. I really don't. I mean, it was a great place to grow up. And my parents live in Tampa and my my brother and his family, they still live in Orlando. But um, yeah, I don't miss it. I, I very much prefer Atlanta. So Yeah.
1: Florida. I miss it sometimes, you know, when people post pictures of the beach or whatever. Yeah. I just think like, oh, that's a place I'm really familiar with and I'm really comfortable with. Right. Because I was there for so long and until I was 22, 23. And yeah, I miss it sometimes. Yeah. yeah. So
0: you're in Florida. Your grandmother's cooking for you. You're eating Eggos. <laughs> mm. So <laughs> where did you learn how to bake?
1: Um, I was a really bad baker. I only learned how to bake probably three years ago. Really? Yes. I was so, horrible at it. <laughs> Awful. So l-
0: let's, let's talk about the timeline between when you are in Florida. So you move from Florida when uh-huh, you're 23 yep. or so?
1: I went to Chicago, one-way ticket.
0: What'd you do in Chicago?
1: I was a uh, software engineer Okay. in Chicago. Yeah, I taught myself how to do it when I was back in Florida out of necessity. Wow. Because I was broke and I didn't know what to do and um, ugh, lots of complicated stuff and then i just was like okay well florida's not going to do it for me anymore i need to make money so i'm going to go to a major metropolitan city buy a one-way ticket and then just figure it out and i did
0: wow yeah what part of chicago do you live in
1: i lived in the west loop yeah so it's kind of downtown but a little bit west of downtown <laughs> um i lived in a place called haberdasher lofts nice on that's jackson a, that's a great name oh yes very fancy very appealing to i love the door people <laughs> they were my favorite. I would just sit out there and have conversations with them like all night. That's awesome, yeah, they were really fun
0: so this is what year would this this have been then? You moved to Chicago in what Ugh, I don't know two thousand what year is it
1: twenty nineteen um probably
0: twenty fourteen okay, something like that, so you're in Chicago, yeah. you're working as a an engineer uh-huh. and you make your way down here at some point.
1: Yeah, at some point, I got a job offer from Mailchimp, and um,
0: this episode is brought to you by Mailchimp, uh, which we use here on the Atlanta Foodcast. That is not an approved <laughs> advertisement at all, but we do use Mailchimp. Yeah, the Atlanta Foodcast. I,
1: I use Mailchimp sometimes. That's good. Yeah,
0: yeah. So you were with Mail, so you brought to, Mailchimp brought you down here. That's right. Essentially, that's right. So you're working for Mailchimp, and mm-hmm. let's say three years ago. So let's back it up to yeah. 2016, mm-hmm. and. What made you want to start baking?
1: Well, I was uh, I started to get kind of bored at work and I just felt kind of unfulfilled and it seemed like I wasn't a good engineer after all. Um, I doubt that. Well, you know, they would just kind of say like, well, you're not gonna get promoted. You're not gonna get a raise, you know, for the foreseeable future. And I just felt like I was really bad at what I did. And that was a really bad feeling. Yeah. So I was just kind of in a little depressed state, I would watch Great British Bake Off and then just think like, damn, these people are so happy. They are lit on like baking. And then they they're would like- They're also British. Yes, so but they're just so pure. Yeah. And I loved that.
0: Everything makes them so happy, <laughs> they <so> I love.
1: <laughs> and like very supportive of each other and they're not in it for money. They're just in it to just like do the thing, yeah. which was so great. Um,
0: Watching Mary Berry say it's a lovely sponge yeah, was I my favorite her. thing.
1: She's so nice. I really liked Paul. Whoa.
0: Paul Hollywood.
1: Oh, that's the vet and his dogs, which is really funny because the dogs are extremely overweight. And I'm like, aren't you a vet?
0: Yeah, they don't look like the most athletic animals. Those are the
1: ones that are like on the chart.
0: Yeah. <laughs> to give everyone listening a <laughs> little bit of ones. a uh, a little bit of the setting here, we're sitting in the what is to be the hell gluten free space over here at 900 DeCab Avenue, looking out into the spring trees and um is that barbed wire that's barbed wire yeah that's great mm-hmm. it's a beautiful setting in a cloudy day so this is wonderful
1: and there's cute two cute yeah. fat little dogs barking and wiggling
0: like crazy yep. which you all are enjoying the sound of right now Oof. so <laughs>
1: <laughs> i love them <laughs> um
0: so you're watching the oh, great yeah. british bake-off yeah yeah, yeah, and yeah and i
1: just felt inspired and i was kind of bored and just like unfulfilled creatively because i'm a designer engineer hybrid so I was a design director before I came to Mailchimp but then I also like oversaw the front end team and so I was really used to working both parts and at hmm. Mailchimp they kind of make you silo into one uh okay. like specialty sure so I couldn't do the design stuff and I mean the designers there are amazing so good for them that's not I'm not good enough but um yeah so I just needed to be creative and I needed to do something that I felt was pure and not like financially motivated. Right. You know, being sure. in corporate America, it's like you're like, fuck money, man. I'm <laughs> I'm out of here. I'm done with money. I'm gonna go live in a hut. Yeah. So I was feeling very much like that. So then I just started kind of teaching myself how to do these things. Like they would make shoe pastry and I'm like, oh I've never done that. That's complicated. I'm just gonna do it. So then I would just do it all the time in my apartment. And then it started just being a thing where I'd wake up at six, do it until ten when I would just like cruise in the office. And then I'd leave early and then come back and just keep doing it Hmm. just over and over. It was something that I could feel immediately, like I could feel the effects of it. Like I could feel myself getting better. I could see the result. I could, you know, share it with people and see their feelings. It was something where I could just get immediate results. Right. Where in a huge software company, you don't feel that at all, especially so removed from the people who are using the product. You're just kind of doing what someone's telling you to do. Right. And I... Hell yeah is kind of my answer to that. It's like my big rebellion. It's like my, I'm really bad at authority thing. So that's what this is.
0: You and I share that though. It's yeah. great. <laughs> I don't like it when people tell me that I, ha- well, it's not being told to do something. It's really more the, you must subscribe to this being the status quo yeah. and you are to be a part of that. And I'm like, mm, Yeah.
1: And that's a big thing too. I find a way to get around that. Like with me, cause I'm a lady and I'm a Hispanic lady. There was no one like me when I joined. I was working with all men and they were all white men and and that was like the status quo. And it was just like, okay. And like, we're trying to do stuff about it. But every day I still, that's all I saw was people who didn't understand me and didn't understand where I was coming from and wouldn't listen. So, um, Yeah. So, I mean, this is me challenging it and saying like, well, guess what? I'm the boss now. Yeah. The effing boss. You are the boss. (laughs) As I grip the mic really hard. No, it's good. (laughs) It's okay. It's made of metal. I don't know that you can break it. (laughs) I've tried. We'll see.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, but I mean, I guess just, you know, the, the impetus for, for hell yeah, gluten-free. So Mm. most of your life you have been eating gluten-free then? Or was it not until you were of a certain age that you were like, gluten free is the path for me?
1: Yeah, around 21, I started getting horrible migraines, awful migraines where I wouldn't be able to see and I would slur my speech and, oh, yeah, really, really bad. Um, So I went to the ER one day and, you know, and it was totally inconclusive. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll investigate it. So I went to a bunch of different doctors and like functional medicine before functional medicine was cool, (laughs) Um, allergists, et cetera. And they were kind of like, well, your panel came back and says that you're like super allergic to wheat um which i i mean i didn't know because i didn't really react in the way you think of when you think of an allergic reaction like the yeah. um anaphylactic like can't breathe kind of thing right no hives nothing like that it was just neurological so it was really difficult for people to diagnose and yeah um doctors kind of didn't listen to me so i got really used to diagnosing myself
0: right yeah um Not that I've had a gluten intolerance, but Mm. I actually, this was, man, coming up on a little more than two years ago, I guess. Mm. I actually self-diagnosed myself of having gallstones. Not even at all related to having a gluten intolerance again. Well, still. Amazing. How? just through reading and then... Upper no, right
1: quadrant pain right under the ribs. It was
0: it was really more like in my back, but anyway. Yeah, that radiating was, to the back. Yeah, That's a but, big
1: one. It's gallbladder or pancreas when it radiates yeah. to the back. <laughs> I,
0: I remember going in to the doctor and saying, I have... Gallstones.
1: How did they look at... What was their face?
0: Eh, but they're just like, how do you know that? Yeah, like, exactly. I'm just telling you. Always and I,
1: like questioning. Yeah. You know your body? Yeah. Damn. I was
0: like, let's play this game. <laughs> have we ever met before? No. I'm telling you this is what I have. And if you don't want to listen to that, I don't know where else this can go. Right. It's not like you can just look into <laughs> it's so different just you
1: know, do the fucking cat scan and get it over right it. i was like so i had to actually
0: go get an ultrasound <laughs> yeah and yeah, then yeah, like the I, get, I think i got a call an hour later and he's like congratulations your gallbladder's riddled with gallstones i was like I "Fucking knew it you
1: should listen to me i knew
0: it It's like i'm good this is the uh beginning stages of me seeking a medical career
1: oh yes fabulous yeah. well i'm a horrible hypochondriac yeah. literally like <laughs> would go to the therapist for it so like i know all about self diagnoses
0: <laughs> yeah let's perpetuate self-diagnosis absolutely anyway um so, so you are figuring out that gluten free is the path for Alejandra.
1: Yeah, when I stopped eating it, I just felt it was just miraculous. That's a I wonderful. Was just better, one. yeah.
0: So, in watching Great British Baking Show, so what, what, what was like the first thing that you really wanted to start baking? Like, what, what was it that was like the hook for you? Like, what was it? They're like, man, like. This is just blowing my mind of you know you ate something that was made with wheat traditionally or mm-hmm. flour and now you're baking it gluten-free mm-hmm. and you can kind of build that back into your life was there any moment like that where you're like oh thank goodness like i can still enjoy this side of food and it's not going to destroy my neurological system
1: <laughs> mm. well i think that you know things are becoming much more widely available now that it's like a hot thing to be yeah. gluten-free So, you know, pasta and bread is like a huge staple for us. So being able to eat those things again was really awesome. Um, Mm -hmm. And um, just like grabbing those in the grocery store was really great. Again, I was a really horrible baker until like three years ago. So I never really tried to do anything. I would try to make cookies here and there, just like simple stuff, but nothing um, extraordinary. Cooking was really more my thing and just finding things that were satisfying and good and delicious, but still, you know, I could eat them. Um. So, yeah. So, cooking was always my thing. And I was even having, like, pop-up dinners in my apartment when I first started working at MailChimp. Hmm. And I thought, like, okay, like, maybe I'll just open a little, like, cafe or something. It was never about baking. But then I started getting a lot more comfortable with exploring the parts of me that are bad or not good enough or need work. And I think that's what attracted me to baking because there was so much potential for learning and improvement. Um. So plus I could make myself eclairs and I could eat them and man eclairs are really good
0: (laughs) eclairs are really good they're really really good satisfying texturally flavor wise I mean I don't know that I've really had a I don't know it I I think I had this conversation with someone pretty recently you know if you go over to someone's house Mm -hmm. I mean in this case it might you know you you might not be eating the pasta Mm -hmm. unless it's gluten-free but if you go to someone's house and it's like they're parents or part of their family and they're mm. making spaghetti mm. it always sucks because mm. it's not your mm-hmm. spaghetti it's not right. the family recipe that mm. everybody in your family knows and it's like that flavor profile it's like they added too much weird stuff to mm-hmm. the sauce mm-hmm. yeah. or but you eat it and you're like oh, really why did we have to go to spaghetti night you know yeah. but i also have a you know the this uh, kind of writing the same line is like there's really no bad pizza like you've really got to like find the bad pizza Mm -hmm. but also in the same thing i would say that like i don't know that i've had a bad eclair
1: no, I don't think I've had a, yeah. a bad one. I mean, sometimes like a stale one or the pastry well, cream is wonky. Yeah, or,
0: there's there's like you know varying levels of un, like unacceptable eclairs. But yeah. if someone is like, hey, dude, you want an eclair? It's like, I'm not even going to ask where it's from. No, like, just, just eat the whole thing. Yeah, just bring obviously. it on, Give it to me. Mm-hmm. I'm not even going to ask what's in the middle of it. Mm-mm. Yeah.
1: Even if it's like subpar, just keep eating it. I mean, it's good. Totally. Yeah. It's, it's like if,
0: if someone hands you a slice of pizza, like I'm not going to ask where it's from. Yeah. I'm not going to ask what's on it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I might not ask for it. Yeah, time. I might just do
0: it. Yeah, because you're going to be able to tell. It's like, what's on that? Like, no, I'm going to eat that. Yeah. That's great.
1: Yeah. So. I might inspect it.
0: Right. I, don't want,
1: I don't want some doughy shit in my stomach. It's well, you too work much. in the
0: culinary industry. You have to inspect, yeah, it. You have inspect to, it. You have to You have to look at what you're about to consume from an, the artist's perspective of, <laughs> hmm. Like,
1: <laughs> I'm super judgy. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> you use turbinado sugar in this? Pff, Ugh. You're an idiot. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Um, so talk to me a little bit about Hell Yeah Gluten Free and um, th- there's a lot that, I mean, <laughs> you've had a really busy year. Yeah. So, but you started baking three years ago. like Where where did Hell Yeah Gluten Free kind of st- establish itself as more of like a business for you?
1: Um, when people started asking me to make them stuff mm. and being willing to pay me money. Right. So I started selling cakes for $20 a cake, which is crazy. Um,
0: actually just referred you to someone oh, that's so nice. you might get an inquiry about someone baking a cake
1: oh thank you I was like
0: look at her cakes like they I don't care if they're gluten-free or not
1: yeah thank they're you
0: delicious and they're beautiful so. actually
1: half our customers aren't even gluten-free yeah <laughs> they just really like what I'm doing yeah
0: exactly it's, it still tastes great it's pretty
1: exciting yeah that's
0: awesome so um, people are asking you to like bake your cakes and stuff yep. and you're like cool yeah I'm gonna do this
1: and they'll say oh, I'm not even gluten-free but that really sounds good you know it's mm-hmm. just unique combinations anyway so it kind of started when people started paying me and being willing to pay me. And then I was kind of like, well, let me just put my phone number on Instagram or something. And then I took my first rando paid order from, and went by rando, I mean like some person that I don't know mm-hmm. and that doesn't work at MailChimp. But um, <laughs> yeah, I was just like some lady and she's this is like. This outside oh, of my network. Yeah. It, I mean. MailChimp is kind of its own like self-contained like city, basically. Right. All the food you need is there. Like All the social interaction you need is there. Yeah. You don't have to leave. And right. actually, I lived in Pont City Market when I first moved here. Oh, wow. Yeah, because I'd never been to Atlanta before. Yeah. I just was like, oh, I, I guess I'm going to Atlanta now. Um. That's a great way to play it safe. Yeah. And I just kind of like was like, I'll live in the same building. And the rent was <laughs> extremely high. Then they took away the door person. The door person was the big draw for me because I was going to miss mine in Chicago. Right. They're great. They keep the... Creepers from like coming in and right. coming to your, you know, uh, uh, as a single lady, it is a valuable surface. yeah, then they took them away. and they didn't change the rate anyway. That place is infuriating. But I lived there. <laughs> so I would just walk down the hall and it was on the same floor as Mailchimp. So I would just walk down the hall and walk into work. And it was very difficult to have boundaries during that time. I bet. But it was really easy for me to bring huge amounts of food in so I would bring like two tier cakes literally covered in homemade marshmallow and then bring in a blowtorch into MailChimp and torch the cake fresh and then cut it up and I've gotten into trouble I got in trouble multiple times doing that people would kind of look at the footage or someone would post it to Instagram in our facilities people would email me and be like hey can you not do that anymore and be like okay you know so Yeah, so then I started kind of doing that, and then I got my first order while I was on my lunch break at Ponce City Market on the second floor, and I was like, "Uh, yeah, cool, uh, cool, yeah, you need a cake by tomorrow? Uh, Yeah, sure, Uh, pick it up at this address and, you know, at this time, and, and then it just, like, kind of occurred, and then that was it, and then I was like, well, people are willing to, like, do this, so. How
0: long ago was that?
1: 11 months ago.
0: Wow. yeah. You are on quite the accelerated timeline here.
1: I'm very impatient. <laughs> uh, my husband proposed to me and then we were engaged two weeks and then married. Oh my gosh. Okay. And that was like a couple months ago. <laughs> no, this, this is I good. don't like waiting. This, this, <laughs> is a, this is a good tangent from gluten-free baking.
0: <laughs> so my wife and I were friends for a while and then we finally like officially started dating mm-hmm. after me, you know, like knocking on the door of her heart so to speak oh, and uh a week later <laughs> so romantic. I know, that's all it was like oh so you were just persistent uh-huh. um but uh but like a week later we had a conversation like yeah we're in love oh well, i guess we're gonna get married yeah And then we did Great. and then a month later we were engaged Great. and then six months after that we were married yeah so if you feel like you need to wait for two years to be engaged and then get married uh bullshit
1: I mean, fine, if I you guess, need to. if that's what you want. But yeah. are you really crazy about that person? I don't know. I listen to a lot of podcasts. It's like, hey, it's either fuck yes or no. And like, figure it out. You don't need that much time. Yeah. I don't personally need that much time.
0: You could do that. I mean, from a branding perspective, you've got Hell Yeah Gluten Free. You could be Fuck Yeah Get Married, the yeah. podcast. Right. I don't
1: know. Yeah, fuck yeah. I I wouldn't have much to say about it. It's just like, It'd I met really this person, podcast. he put up with me, <laughs> and then now we're married. We
0: did one episode. Of yeah, the podcast, And now right. it's over.
1: It's twenty minutes long. <laughs> that's so, it.
0: so this was a not even a year ago. Yeah, and um, so now <laughs> you you are full on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, again, we're sitting in your space of of where you're actually going to be baking and yes. serving customers out of, and mm-hmm. um, but there's another part of your story that's that's really cool. Um, y- you actually you you had a pretty successful Kickstarter campaign. Yeah, and that was just. Uh, fall was, of last year? Yeah, right? yeah, like September.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I read somewhere that September is a really good month for launching Kickstarters. Uh-huh. There's articles. I mean, I am a research type of person. So mm-hmm. I research like when is, when's the best time and when's, you know, whatever. And how right. do you make the campaign and how you do the video? And yeah, so we did a Kickstarter and got $32,000. Uh, the goal was twenty, so it's awesome. Yes, yeah, so I think Atlanta really wants it to happen. Totally. Unfortunately, thirty-two thousand dollars is a fraction of what <laughs> opening a, a food business costs, but it's it's helpful. I mean, I bought fridges and all kinds of stuff with that, so
0: it's awesome. Yeah, and it was really cool to see that. Um, I think that's probably when you and I were uh, initially trying to like mm. sit down and record an interview. Very and, busy time. Yeah, and it was a, it was just a really weird time for us yeah. too. It was like there was a lot of transition last year, and mm-hmm. just you know work stuff and podcast and, you know, everything everything else that was kind of happening. So, um, but yeah, it was just really cool to see that, you know, and I, I've seen, you know, a few other local businesses take the route of Kickstarter and it's so cool to see that you've got people in the community who want to support this Mm -hmm. that are not connected to you or or they're connected to you, but it's through like three or four degrees of separation. I love that about Kickstarter, you know, and I've, I don't know how many campaigns I've backed and it's not always just been local stuff, Mm -hmm, you know, it's just mm -hmm. been, I thought that this was a really cool you know, company that's going to be making this water bottle or wallet yep. or well, the most recent one was actually uh jerky like beef jerky, but mm-hmm. not beef jerky. It's actually made from uh, products of the sea. Oh, interesting. So, sea like, jerky. Yeah. Fish, f- <laughs> fish and other sea creatures, I think. Good. But it um, sounds was like, like cat treats. Yeah. But, (laughs) but for people, it tastes really good. So, and I was just like, man, you know what? I just dig this. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to back this, but I love that about Kickstarter. And it's, it's so, it's so cool too. I mean, I think what you have is you have a little bit more of a hand, um, in the community of letting people invite themselves into being a part of what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And, um, especially before, you can actually walk into this space and walk out with something. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's cool that people see your vision. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we're speaking kind of generally about Kickstarter, but specifically, you know, opening a bakery. Yeah, you know, it, to your point, people want to see it happen. People mm-hmm. want to see it come to fruition. And um, I love that. I I think it's it's cool to it's cool to see that there's been. You know, even businesses. You know, now, gosh, four or five years ago, like uh, Jonathan over in Kirkwood, mm-hmm. uh, he has Tap Room Coffee, mm-hmm. and they started their business with some Kickstarter funding as well. Yeah. And you know, now they're, I think they're probably five years in. Yeah, which is great. Mm-hmm. So,
1: yeah, they're lovely over there. Yeah, yeah, the Kickstarter kind of served its purpose, or whatever purpose that I wanted, which was to validate the idea and see right. if there's an actual need and desire, and it totally. definitely is a thing. Right. Um, which I think gave me the. I want to say balls, but gave me the whatever to, to like get into a space and hire an architect and do all the, all the big things that make right. it a much more final
0: <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Uh, thing. Yeah. But tell me a little bit about, um, tell me a little bit about what you're baking now mm-hmm. and people can order. So mm-hmm. whether it's a two tier cake and how is that going to translate into your space here?
1: Um, so right now I'm not doing orders because we're trying to move into a temporary space. And I don't know when you will be airing this, but this is April 1st. I should be moving into Queen of Cream's old space. Oh, really? In a Min park. Yeah. Very cool. So they're still going to be scooping out of there. Um, they open at 2 PM, but mm. before that I'll be, um, selling out of there probably from 7 to 11 that's perfect every day yeah so and using the kitchen and that'll give us a good way to test our ovens out because we're we're gonna put our ovens over there
0: this is just a space over on highland Uh uh-huh yeah
1: yep and that kind of awkward like right after that stop sign next to yeah across from jack's
0: what Mm -hmm. used to be across the street
1: yeah what used to be across the street but is now um what the hell is it called field day every day
0: yeah and what's that restaurant that Something continues to open and close and open and yeah, close in yeah, the yeah. corner. Well,
1: Field Day has that, and they're just waiting on their permitting. Apparently, they've that's been right. like stuck in the city of Atlanta for nine months, <sighs> which is why I paid $3,500 for an expediter, because I was like, that's <laughs> not going to be me.
0: Bring your iPad over here. Yeah. Please. <laughs> please help me. Please do.
1: Um, Yeah, so what were we talking about?
0: So you're going to be operating out of Queen of Cream's old space. Yes, yeah, so
1: hopefully we'll only need you know, a little bit of time to ramp up and stuff. But yeah. That will be a good way to start just working without... <laughs> generating income is a thing. So banks, like I've been trying to get bank loans and stuff forever and Mm. banks just don't care. They don't give a shit (laughs) about the community. (laughs) They don't care about your story. They don't care about your vision, your experience, nothing. They do not care at all. All they care about is how much you're making a month. Mm. And out of my house is fine. If I was working every single day, I'd be making plenty, but um, dealing with architects and dealing with Instagram and dealing with loans and dealing with whatever, the landlords and all that stuff and buying equipment it's just a full-time job so i don't have time to do both and it's just me so that's uh, you know i haven't really been doing anything for the past couple months or anything notable so banks are just like oh um yeah we're good um (laughs) so queen of cream i think will help us show that you know we can make the money and it's gonna be fine um in case we need some more funding yeah um so yeah we're in our second fundraising (laughs) hour my I'm begging people for money for a second time <laughs> Gotcha. <laughs> right now so um, yeah so trying to generate that revenue to show that we have like a solid business yeah yeah
0: well by the time that this is airing sometime in the late spring okay, early ish summer June. I'm sure that you're mm, I will have to look at the schedule okay. but it's, well, uh, it, it's, I usually quote people now because I know I can quote things and yeah. I just say your episode is going to air within six to eight weeks of Fabulous. recording. Great. Because well, it's hard running a podcast. And like, yes. I can't record this and then have it live the next day. Right. I don't have the bandwidth to do that, oh, everyone. Oh,
1: no, for sure. It's a pain. <laughs> uh, my it takes husband, time to edit things. My husband works at How Stuff Works. And oh, really? Yeah. And sometimes I like watch him and I'm like, oh my God, it's so hard.
0: Well, I secretly appreciate the work that your husband does very oh, much because I listen to, I don't even know how many of the How Stuff Works podcasts. Great. They have a full-on network.
1: They have a lot, and they do. They were bought by iHeart, so now yeah, exactly.
0: It's I was going to say because I was listening to the most recent uh, Atlanta Monster. Well, not mm-hmm. li- Sorry, Monster. And now it's the Zodiac I Killer. See, but I, I listened to all of Atlanta Monster, mm-hmm. and it used to just be from How Stuff Works and Tenderfoot TV. Yes, it's Atlanta Monster, and mm-hmm. now it's How Stuff, or now it's whatever the new name of the company is, right. Tenderfoot TV and iHeart Media, mm-hmm. and they've got the disclaimer at the beginning of the episodes, like. The views and opinions are oh, <laughs> like yeah. part of the people involved in the podcast and Corporate
1: America. I was right. like, man, this is
0: awesome. Like they're just growing so much. But yeah. Shout out to that podcast. I love that. I'm not I'm not like a big true crime kind of person, mm-hmm. but man, I loved Atlanta Monster. Yeah. I was like, This is really creeping me out as I'm driving down like you know, Decatur Street. Right. Like this shit happened here. Yeah. It was nuts. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah. I'm not going to start a true crime podcast.
1: Don't do it. It'd be a fake it's crime too podcast. Scary. Yeah. You have to like interview people. I like It really scary. I was
0: thinking about doing like a fake crime podcast. It's like <laughs> people, who, people who, people <laughs> who let their dogs shit on the lawn and they don't clean it up and make it a really serious episode. Like yeah. really dramatic. Mm-hmm. It's like Stacy stepped out of her apartment at 6 a.m. before <laughs> going to the office in Alpharetta. This is a really bad idea. Anyway, let's get back to gluten-free baking. Mm-hmm. So, In the meantime, um, so I mean, I guess, you know, instead of like, just where you're going to be operating on, tell me a little bit about like what your menu will consist of.
1: So the menu, I want to be 100% rotating. I don't want to have any regular things. That's awesome. Anything that like cinnamon roll, fine. Like I'll have a plain cinnamon roll probably, but Mm. other than that, just because it's so produce heavy and so relying on fresh things. And you know, these are things that I get from farmers here in Atlanta. So, um, everything will kind of rotate so we'll have like pop tarts with a flavor will just be different every time you come in um based on whatever we can get from turnip Truck. so um yeah so i don't know so the case it's very um hard to explain so usually places have menu boards but we're not going to have a menu board at all we're going to have a low glass case where you can walk up and you can see the like eight things we're offering that day and they'll have little note cards next to them hmm. and then it's like you can pick from those eight things does that's that make awesome. sense i love that yeah
0: but i love the uh, also the idea that you're not going to really allow or really let people have the option of getting attached to something Mm-mm. too much
1: attachment is suffering yeah that's like my tagline for my life
0: <laughs> but like as much as i love going to little tart mm-hmm. in whichever location it doesn't matter mm-hmm. as much as my children love the uh pistachio chocolate croissant mm, God, or that chocolate pistachio really croissant. good General. It's <laughs> damn good. But if they took it off the menu, mm-hmm. I would almost appreciate it more in the move of punk rock mentality mm. of you can't have too much of a good thing, everyone. Yeah,
1: that's true. And I just don't really like being, I quit so I wouldn't have a boss. Right. So it's Practice like. Practice variety. Yeah, that's right. So everyone just yeah. needs to get over it. Let's just follow the seasons and the farmers and see what they're doing, what they're up to and what yeah. they're excited about. And that's well, for what using, I get excited yeah, about. If
0: you're using turnip truck, I mean, like. It could just be a whole menagerie of who knows what's coming. That's right, and I kind
1: of I want to see if they'll like give me an option for like surprise me. Like I'll pay them forty bucks, and it's like just give me a box worth of forty dollars of just random shit, and just make stuff from that because that is what inspires me. People ask me who inspires me. Not a person, because people who gives a shit, but (laughs) food. (laughs) That's so mean and cold to say, but the ingredients really inspire me, especially if I get something weird. Like the first time I saw kohlrabi, I was like, I don't know what this is and I had to research (laughs) it yeah but it's great and it's like something where we can learn and most bakeries they have their offerings and that's fine Mm -hmm. but think about the employees Mm. so I've always been very interested in like even as an engineer we've made products for people on the outside but I always have felt that the other customer is who's working on it yeah so the employees so that's also my customers the people who work for me are they happy? Are they are they being creative? Are they feeling stifled? Are they feeling like, you know, they matter? That's really important to me. So having weird stuff, I cannot wait to ask the people who work here, like, hey, what do you think about this? Do you want to try making something from it? So it's something it just keeps it exciting. It's awesome. For everyone. Yeah. And that's really important. Yeah. It's if, important to feel needed and to feel like you can contribute in some way at totally. work.
0: Totally. And I think if Turnip Truck saw that, it's almost like the, um, this is a really terrible analogy, but again, I'm a dad, not that's cool fine. anymore. But you remember like when you would eat uh, airheads as a kid? And I there never was the, ate those, but yeah, never mind. sure. So for everyone fine. else out there who ate airheads <laughs> as a kid, this is not working very I'm sorry. Well, but, but there was always the mystery flavor. And oh, every yeah. time that you opened it, even though it was the quote unquote mystery flavor, mm-hmm. it just tasted like the blue raspberry flavor. I see. So I think if there's a way to do that right, yeah. that'd be really exciting.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
0: like... We don't know what we're getting on the truck today. Like there's just a box. Right. And we're gonna make something out of it. Yeah. And that'd be awesome.
1: I mean, I think it's a good way. Yeah. I try to minimize food waste. Yeah. If I can. So I think it's a good way, like if they're gonna have something that's going bad that week and they can't get rid of, just totally. give it to me. It's fine. I'll use yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna make scones out of it. Yeah. Potatoes, yeah. that's pota- I think, potato scones. scones is great. Yeah.
0: I think you and like Steven Satterfield, like mm-hmm. the team over at Miller Union, mm-hmm. like they would really dig that. Yeah. I know that they they use turnip truck over there as well. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. like I think if something showed up and they're like no one wanted this I'm like right. dude we'll make something out of it great and it's gonna be amazing
1: yeah we're gonna have a smoothie of the day just for that nice things that are just going bad or things that are weird to use yeah. we're just gonna make you know we're just gonna right. put it in a blender and see what well, happens
0: and, and that's another cool thing too you know as um as much as you are a baker mm-hmm. You're going to offer a few other things on the menu as well. I mean, yeah. you just said smoothie. I think you mentioned like chia bowls. Yeah,
1: chia bowls and overnight oats and you know, oh, stuff nice. like that. And then like sandwiches to go. People love
0: that stuff right now. That's yeah, great. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I think for me, it's like breakfast and dessert have always been my two favorite like food times. Yeah. Sometimes um, they look very similar too. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> Which one is it? I don't know. But it's really fun to kind of play with the juxtaposition of like healthy food and really unhealthy food. And I try yeah. to have options for sure if you're trying to not be as bad and
0: mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Well, <laughs> honestly, like there is so much to, to look forward to. I mean, like I can't wait for your space to open and, um, just to see, you know, so much of that actually come into play or really practice for you guys. And, yeah. You know, you're going to be cranking out everything here, which is going to be awesome. But what are you guys, I mean, again, like by the time that this is going live, like Mm -hmm. who knows, but what are you like targeting for being open? June. It's awesome.
1: We'll see.
0: Yeah. April, May, June.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe June, maybe like mid-June, maybe even July. You know how construction goes. Yeah. Like you hope for something and then it
0: doesn't happen. So <laughs> You're going to get your certificate of occupancy in June and that turns into November.
1: Yeah, hopefully not. Nah, no, that's not going to happen. Oh my God, I would die. Um, I mean, fortunately not much needs to be done because the space itself will be completely open. The kitchen is right. going to be totally open. There will be no walls. The only walls will be the bathroom um that's good yeah which is great you need you know? that but we're all family here so you know um <laughs> don't but, go in there
0: well there's no walls so just don't look that way
1: right so <laughs> just like jail but um <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh what's it like over at hell yeah gluten-free
1: um jail <laughs> have you been to jail um it's a
0: lot like that
1: yeah hopefully not hopefully it'll be a lot more warm and welcoming yeah. and inviting and a lot fun like jail
0: just easier if you have a gluten intolerance right
1: that's right yeah and if you're vegan, we're going to have a big vegan program too. That's but, awesome. Um, yeah, the kitchen will be really big and there will be probably about only a quarter of the space utilized for retail stuff. And we'll have, you know, some seating and just a little bit and a little bit of um, stuff to sell. Just like. It's awesome. Random stuff, pins, patches, shirts, not just hell yeah stuff, but things like a curated collection of things that I like from um, mostly female artists and non-binary Um, folks, but yeah, and then we'll have our counter. The counter will be totally movable. It's going to be on casters. Nice. And it's going to be in two pieces so you can split it and push it against the walls and then it'll convert into an event space. Very cool. Um, And we'll have like a little curtain kind of hanging from the ceiling that we can pull shut. That's um, cool. Whenever that happens. So, yeah. yeah.
0: I love the skylight. I know. I hope it stays.
1: Well, that's... I kind of walked into this space and I was like, well, it's about $2,000 over my budget, but wow it has skylights we can figure it out
0: yeah well, between you guys and creature studio right next door yeah. it's gonna be awesome so but I'll always memorialize sitting on the dust covered floor chatting with you uh long before you were open so yeah. I really can't wait I'm really excited and um so let's turn this thing off and I'm gonna dive into this box of goodies that you brought me. Yes. Sound good? Yes. Awesome. Thanks for being on the show, Alejandra. Yes, this was fun. Pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, and this Thanks won't for be the last time. The yeah, <laughs> we're we're going to do another one when you actually open and it's going to be great. Ooh, <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Thank Alejandra. You. Many thanks go out to Alejandra for joining me for this episode. And they're currently working on opening their space over at 900 Decab over in Inman Park. But check them out on Instagram. They sell on Fridays and Saturdays from the Queen of Cream space that's over on Highland. It's the ice cream shop. And you can order cakes from their website. And this place is really going to rock our city. So keep an eye out for Hell Yeah Gluten Free and everything that they do. And you can learn more at hellyeahglutenfree.com. This podcast is recorded all over our beautiful city and edited over on the east side of town by me, your host. Hello again. Our design is headed up by JJ Goetz. And if you like what you hear, you can support the show right now on Patreon for just $5 a month. I'm your host, Ben Goetz, and you've been listening to the Atlanta Foodcast. Stay hungry.